0: Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast. We're all be coming to you every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God, which is my absolute favorite thing to do. Every week, I'll bring you encouragement to see God working all things together for good, from scriptures to devotional excerpts, to song lyrics, to personal examples, from my journey through redemption and restoration. Joining this community on a regular basis, where it's okay to be real and throw off our masks of perfection, will not only encourage you, but will motivate and stir your hearts and just possibly leave you forever changed. In times like this, we all need to be encouraged as we face the challenges, difficulties, and losses of this life. So I look forward to growing right along with you in authenticity and transparency as we endeavor to find the faithfulness of God in our everyday lives. So take a moment to write a review on Apple so even more people are able to find the encouragement you're about to hear. Each episode is broadcast on my YouTube channel before it's converted and brought to you in this audio format. If you'd like to get in on the fun and giveaways at my YouTube home, join me over there at Athena Dean Holtz for even more encouragement. So hey, let's get started. Well, hey everyone, welcome to today's version of the Redeemed and Restored broadcast and podcast. My name is Athena Dean Holtz, and I am super excited to introduce you to my longtime author friend, Grace Fox. Grace is the author of 12 books, a member of the First Five writing team, which is a Proverbs 31 uh, effort. She is a contributor to Guidepost's annual devotional called Mornings with Jesus. She also co-hosts a podcast called Your Daily Bible Verse. She is a career missionary for 30 years She and her husband live aboard a 48-foot sailboat up in British Columbia. She is living the dream, can I just say. They were married in 1982 and have uh, three grown kids and 11 grandchildren. And her latest release, which is hot off the press, is called Keeping Hope Alive. Devotions or Strength in the Storm. And you are going to love this conversation. Let's take it away. Well, hey, everybody. Athena Dean Holtz here with Grace Fox. Grace and I go way back. And she is just one of my favorite people in ministry and as an author. And she is coming to us today from her boat. Welcome, Grace.
1: Thanks so much for having me again, Athena.
0: Yes, yes. I've I've been so excited about this interview for the Redeemed and Restored broadcast and podcast. So um, now you're on a, how big is the sailboat that you're on?
1: Our sailboat is 48 feet long. So it's 48 feet long and 14 feet wide at the widest part.
0: Wow. Okay. So our sailboat's only 30 feet long. Uh-huh. So that's would be yeah. quite uh, quite a bit. Woo. Yes, because
1: every foot in length makes it wider as well. So one foot makes a big difference in boats. But yeah. yours is a powerboat, right? So no, different after, shape, too.
0: Ours is a sa- ours is a sailboat. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yes. And it was the sailboat that was actually its original name was Athena, and it's still embroidered on the curtains in oh, the boat. Wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. That is that is fun. Yes, yes.
1: Our boat was called um May, and it's a foreign word. I think it means just do whatever your whim is, right? Live like live like you want. And yep. we thought, okay, that's not going to stay. So we changed the name. And we had a 27-foot sailboat years ago whose name was Makana when we got it. So we did a little research and found out that that's a Hawaiian word for blessing. Hmm. Apparently, the original owners of that boat got married in a place called the Valley of Blessings. So they called it Makana. And, hmm. um, and we like that name so much that... We, we didn't call this boat Makana 2. We called it Makana squared. We put the little 2 behind the, the last letter like an, a mathematical exponent because we just feel like, like God has exponentially blessed our lives and given us ministry off this boat now too. So we call that exponentially blessed.
0: I love that. <laughs> so we're going to talk about your brand new book that's just uh, come out. And uh, March 9th is the actual launch date. Congratulations. And thank you, it's Keeping Hope Alive. Mm-hmm. I love that title. I love the heart of it. And I just love how because Redeemed and Restored is all about seeing God and his faithfulness to redeem and restore, which does what? Brings us hope.
1: Exactly.
0: And I just want, we're going to talk a little bit about the book, but first what I want to do is ask you, because you're on a boat, and there's just so much there that uh, so many lessons from being on a boat, being in storms, all of that, I would love to have you just share that, concept of God redeeming and restoring in the middle of storms as mm-hmm. you know you're bringing it from the perspective of being on a boat which I love mm-hmm.
1: there are so many parallels being on a boat to actually real life storms and I've I've seen those parallels in many ways and often I've learned the hard way on this um, so the first one of the insights that I've gleaned from it all is that storms happen those hard places in life happen. And it's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when and how hard those winds are going to blow. And so I've learned that we have to prepare for them. And uh, I learned that, like I say, the hard way, because one of the first times we went out, we hit some really rough water and wind. The tide and the wind collided, and the waves were so big that they came sloshing over the back of the boat and and started um, throwing things around on the inside. I, you know, it was beautiful when we set out and very calm, I, it never crossed my mind that I had to put things away and store them in places where they couldn't uh, be thrown across the salon if we got into rough water. And so I looked at inside the boat at one point and I have a basket where there's apples and a basket for oranges on a little shelf. And the, the, the baskets fit nicely on the shelf when the boat's sitting still but the boat was rocking so hard that day that those baskets went flying off and I had fruit just rolling all over the salon. We have a little stand-up fridge. The door flew open and the content started spilling out and I had to rush to the rescue. I had some some mugs hanging on hooks and they swung back and forth so hard that they started banging into each other and they they easily could have broken had I not rescued them too. So I learned the hard way that that, you you know, life looks calm and it is many times, but, but those storms are going to come and often at the most unexpected times, we were not expecting those waves that day. And so I was caught off guard. Now I prepare before I go out, even if it's calm, I put those things that could fly. uh, I put them away in a state, in a safe place where they're not going to move. And just like The storms in in real life, they will come when we least expect them often. One minute it's calm and the next minute, whammo. You know, we're right in the middle of it. And so we have to prepare when it's calm. If we wait until the storms are blowing uh, before we decide to get into the Word and find out who God really is, Mm. we're going to be caught off guard. It just doesn't work that way. So to prepare now, be in the Word now. Be involved with a small group. Be involved with a Bible study. Be learning. Be growing. Be studying. Uh, to find out more about God's promises and to
0: find out more of his character before the storm hits. And that's what makes it so much easier to actually go through the storm is if you're learning to trust him when things are good and you know when life is normal and you're growing like that, then getting into the storm is way less intimidating because you know who your God is.
1: That's right. And, you know, I've, I've also learned to keep my eyes focused on him. Mm-hmm. Um, here's, here's how I learned about that. My husband grew up in Washington State on the water. And so his family enjoyed doing waterfront activities. So he grew up water skiing and boating. And then he He built a sailboat when he was a teenager and an Eagle Scout. So he had a lot of experience on the waterfront. He later developed a sailing uh, program at a Christian camp where we worked for 11 years. So he knows the water. He knows the weather patterns. He can read the wind on the water. Mm -hmm. He knows how to read the tide charts. Well, I grew up in Southern Alberta on the prairies, and that's a far cry from growing up on the waterfront. So I am not as comfortable on the water as he is. And uh, when we get into rough water, he does his best to ensure that we're going to be um, avoiding those times at all, you know, if you can. But there are times when you're out there and the weather just blows in, changes, whatever. So, uh, there are times when we are in the the rough, the rough stuff. I'm the one who's gonna grab a rail and hang on for dear life, or scream a few times. Um, when we're out, way out there in the water, I I will have him turn on the praise music because we can turn it up as loud as we want, and nobody else is gonna be bothered by it. So we'll turn on the praise music from a from the <laughs> Christian radio station that reaches us out there, and and I'll have that blaring above the wind. But I'm still scared, you know, hanging on. He's there. He's hanging onto the wheel and looking like it's all under control. And so long as I can read his face, if I keep my eyes on his face, I'm okay. I'm better than I would be if I, you know, if if I looked away from him. Because if if he's registering calm, then I know that everything's under control. Okay, and then I can learn to take a deep breath and let it out. But uh, that's my my thing, and I I just have to take that. and we're on the parallel with life storms wow. as well as if we're going to look at the wind and the waves around us, we are going to be terrified. Mm-hmm. There's every reason to just feel like we're going down. But if we keep our eyes on God and we've studied his character, we understand who he is. We understand more of his nature. You know, like Jesus slept in the boat when the disciples were out there in the night in a storm. Mm-hmm. And when I think about that story, I think, how did he even do that? Because there was, did they, tie him down? You know, did they did they tie him down with a rope or what? How did he keep from flying around? Or or was he still moving around a lot as the boat was being thrashed around, but he still managed to sleep in the midst of all that? If Jesus can be calm and peaceful in the middle of a storm, and if I keep my eyes on him, then that should speak peace to
0: me as well. Mm. And what a great example too for the people that are watching you're in the storm, your life is going upside down. And if you keep your eyes on Jesus and are calm, (laughs) that's like speaking volumes to those who maybe don't know him, but they can see that you have something they don't have.
1: That is absolutely true. And I think in this day and age that we're living in, people are desperate for hope. They are desperate for hope. They might not even be able to verbalize it, but there's something inside that just wants them to have an anchor to hold them firm. Because right now the days we're living in are so uncertain. We are getting thrashed about. They want to know that there's an anchor that's going to hold them secure. And we can live that. We can model that. And and they watch. I totally agree with you, Athena. They
0: watch. I love that.
1: So now you have a
0: third kind of example and parallel, right? So tell us about that.
1: Okay. So on one occasion, we invited a couple to come with us for a night. They had never been on a boat smaller than like a cruise ship. That's their idea of being out on the water. And so this is a whole lot different. So we said, let's just try with one night first to see how you like it. And if you like it and you feel comfortable, we can go for a couple of nights or three nights later. So they agreed to that. So out we went and, um, as we were on the Fraser river, but we have to go, um, towards, um, the open water, the water between our, our mainland and Vancouver Island, that's where we can sail. So it takes us an hour and a half to get down there. And when we reach that area, there's a, a very dangerous area called Sandhead, and it's shallow. But it So that makes it a little bit dangerous too. You really have to know where you're going so you don't get hung up. But, but it's dangerous because the wind and the wave and the tide will collide there. And you don't want to go there at, at certain times of the day just because of the the violent way that the, the tide will just throw huge waves. Okay. So we went down the river and it was all calm and peaceful. We have a hatch over the berth where they were going to be sleeping. And I'd open that hatch just to get airflow as we went uh, up the river. And so um, as the water got started getting a little bit choppy, um, I thought I better close that because spray could start coming over and, you know, it'll get, so I went there and I, pulled the window shut and I, I thought that I'd pulled it all the way. So I locked it and I thought I was good. Anyways, then we got into that. This was again, when we were newbies and not really sure about how all this worked and we will never do that again, ever. We learned the hard way on it, but the waves were massive. So the boat started rocking from front to back and, and those waves just came over the bow. And because there was a crack, like it was probably an eighth of an inch, maybe. That's all it was open. But the water started getting in there. And by the time we were done with those waves, everything up front was soaking wet. So their suitcase was wet. The the bedding was wet. So I, thankfully, I had a waterproof mattress cover over the mattress. Uh, so that protected the most of it. But, but we had to go find a harbor where it was quiet so that we could open that hatch and we had to take everything out to air it and dry it. It took several hours in the sunshine and the warm breezes that we finally reached there. But, but to me, I thought, you know what, we have to make sure that we don't leave a crack for the enemy to enter. Uh, Because the enemy is going to come in when we start getting through the hard stuff or getting into the hard stuff. He's going to come in and he's going to put lies in our mind. Like God doesn't really care about you. He doesn't really give a hoot. You know what? He's not even with you anymore. He abandoned you long ago, and that's why all this stuff is happening. Or what did you do to deserve this? You must have brought it on yourself. Those are the kinds of lies that he's going to feed us if we allow him entry in our thoughts. And we have to just be sure to to seal our mind, right? And not give him opportunity or not listen to those lies that he's going to put in our mind when the going starts getting rough. We have to focus on the truth.
0: Wow. That is so powerful, that example, because, you know, when things start going bad, it's easy for us to get offended at God. And Mm -hmm. like, this isn't fair. Why me? You know, all of those things that he's whispering, the enemy's whispering. And if, and scripture says in your anger, do not sin. Don't go to sleep on your anger, because if you do, you give the devil a foothold. And that's exactly like that crack. Like it it you're opening yourself up to the enemy, wreaking havoc in your life when you when we go to bed offended. And you know when things when storms happen, it's easy to get offended if we don't know I can't go to bed offended. I have to forgive. Mm -hmm. I have to ask God to help me see what he wants me to see from this. And how can we learn? And I love how, you know, you a lot of the learning that you've done from real life storms has then given you that spiritual parallel where we can see how much we need to learn and to grab on to that anchor that we have.
1: At that anchor, truth is our anchor. The truth about who God is is really our anchor because during those storms, he'll come in, the enemy will come in. And I think one of the biggest lies he's going to try to feed us is that we need to question God's intent toward us. If all this bad stuff stuff is happening, then God's intent toward me is is not loving. His intent towards me is unfair. He's holding something good from me. I mean, Eve questioned God's, mm-hmm. God's intent toward her, and look where it got her. Right. And so we have to be really cautious about that. But the anchor is knowing who he is, that he is good by nature. So nothing that he allows is going to be contrary to his nature in the end. And when mm-hmm. we we keep hope alive by understanding that he is wise, he is good, he is sovereign, and he's able to take everything, even those broken places in our lives and turn them into something of beauty and something for good because of who he is. Mm. You know, we can trust him for a good outcome
0: because of who he is. Mm. Amen. And that is just so, it's so healthy. And so when we know who God is, Mm -hmm. he's a redeemer, he's the restorer, he's the one who, if he allows it, he wants to use it and he wants to refine us and he wants to grow us in our trust. And I just love how your new book is just filled with examples of how he has done that in the lives of men and women. Just, it just blows my mind. Tell us, just give us a little taste before we wrap this up of the new book.
1: Okay. So I wrote it with, um, you know, people going through storms, often our minds are on overload. So that's a time that we need the encouragement from God's word the most. But that's probably the time that we we least have a big chunk of time to sit down to read and to study and to get into the word. And you. Know, and we, we can't even remember sometimes what we've read. And so I made these super short and very focused for people whose minds are on overload. And so that way they can get the encouragement they need from God's word. So each little meditation has a key verse, uh, the little story, uh, point to ponder. So to apply whatever that truth is that's in the story that day. And uh, one sentence prayer. And then I've, I've found quotes. So there's a, a relevant quote by someone who's gone through the storm and not only survived but thrived at the end of each of these meditations. Just to, again, make it so tightly focused that it's hard to forget what we've read when we're in the
0: middle of those storms and that's and it's beautiful too i mean so it's very mm-hmm. gifty uh aesthetic you know you just want to hold it and, and you know it's yeah. just and you've taken such care to point people to hope through throughout the whole thing and so many different examples of storms and struggles mm-hmm. where hope is being kept alive. Mm-hmm.
1: And don't we all need it? Boy, Amen. we need hope. <laughs> Amen.
0: So um. if we have someone who wants to get a copy of the book, where's the best place for them to do that? Or even to connect with you as well.
1: Uh-huh. If they want to connect with me, they can come to my website. It's easy to remember, gracefox.com. And the book's available there. They can sign up for my my blog devotional blog and also for a monthly update and there's a little gift that they can get if they sign up for that with um, uh, a downloadable it's um, a verses beautifully set uh, printable actually if they want to make it in color you know scriptures set in color to remind them of strength and where our strength comes from in the storm and uh, the book is actually available wherever Christian books are sold so online go to your local Christian bookstore and support your your vendor there wherever
0: books are sold. Amen. Mm -hmm. So as we wrap up, do you have a one scripture that you could share that would just help those that are listening today when they think about their storms and they're overwhelmed, what scripture would you have them zero in on to keep hope alive?
1: Okay. I'm going to flip to it really quick here. And it's actually the one that I want to sign the books with this time. So every time I have a book, I like to autograph it, but not just in my signature. I want to point people to the Lord right out of the gate. So um, Hebrews 10, 23, and it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Mm. It's the faithfulness of God that's our anchor. And we can hold to hope as as uh, the wind blows and the waves thrash us about. We can hold to hope without wavering, without being sidetracked or um, distracted, because God is faithful to keep his promises.
0: You couldn't have picked a better one. I love that scripture. Grace, thank you so much for being with us today. It has been absolutely delightful, as, as it always is. And just thank you for your hard work on this series. So you, this is the second book in the series. Right. Are you working on another one?
1: The third one is going to come out this fall, and it's called Fresh Hope for Today, Devotions for Joy on the Journey. And that one, I incorporated a lot of lessons that I learned on my journeys around the world because of being in mission work, I've traveled a lot. So journeys out on the sailboat, journeys around the world and just drawing parallels for for real life through travels and other people's travels as well because I've incorporated other people's stories again. I
0: love it, I love it. Well, thank you so much for being with us today on Redeemed and Restored. It has definitely been a delight. Thank you so much, Athena. You bet. So thanks for joining us today on the Redeemed and Restored podcast, brought to you by Athena Dean Holtz and the Romans 828 Bookstore, a division of Redemption Press. I'd love to have you review and share this podcast with friends, family, and others who can use the encouragement. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel at Athena Dean Holtz for more tips and tools to help you find the faithfulness of God. So thanks for joining us today. See you next week for another episode of Redeemed and Restored.